Ezekiel in chapter 18. A couple weeks ago we started this chapter and we had looked first of all at God's Word. It is God's Word. The 18th chapter starts out letting us know that this was the Word of the Lord, not the Word of Ezekiel, as has let us know all the way through the book of Ezekiel that it is the Word of the Lord. So we spent an evening a couple weeks ago looking at the inspired Word of God. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. That is from Genesis 1-1 through Revelation 22 in the ending verse of that 22nd chapter of the book of Revelation. All that, all 66 books given by inspiration of God. Every word, every word is important. Every word is the inspired word of God. Last week, we jump down to verse 2, which give us a proverb or a parable. And the proverb stated, the fathers have eaten sour grapes and the children's teeth are set on edge. Simply meaning, as we looked at it last week, that this proverb was meant to lay the blame for their suffering, for their suffering for sin, judgment on sin, to a previous generation, and not to themselves. And we saw that God charges them that with a false proverb. We'll get more into that this evening. That is false. As he says in verse 3 and verse 4 tonight, As I live, saith the Lord God, ye shall not have occasion any more to use this proverb in Israel. Behold, all souls are mine, as the soul of the Father, so also the soul of the Son is mine, the soul that sinneth. It shall die. So there is human accountability. Each one of us are accountable for our own sin. And that is the point God is making here to Judah. So as we look at verses 3 and 4 tonight, I want to consider a just reproof. What we have in verses 3 and 4 is a just reproof. 
it is God's response to this proverb, to this false proverb, not a true proverb. You see, we, we have a book in our Bible called the Proverbs, the book of Proverbs. And many of those Proverbs were written by Solomon. And those Proverbs are true Proverbs. They are the word of the Lord. It is the inspired word of the Lord. But this proverb that we have in verse 2 of this chapter is not a true proverb. It is a false proverb, God says. Is unmistakable here in verses 3 and 4 that he is rebuking them for even thinking such thoughts as this. Now, he speaks an oath. He swears by his life. He says, as I live. <laughs> well, we know that God is, is eternal. And he is alive. This began to look at much of that on Sunday afternoon this past week. God is alive. And he said, he's swearing by his life. Not only is he swearing by his life, but he is swearing by himself, saith the Lord God, saith Jehovah God, the one true God. So he is swearing by his life and by himself. Why? Well, because he could swear by no greater. Turn with me to the book of, of Hebrews. The book of Hebrews in chapter 6. Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 13. One of these times I'm going to remember. to shut off the Wi-Fi on here when I come over here. Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 13. For when God made promise to Abraham, he could swear by no greater, he swore by himself. He could swear by no greater. There's none greater than God. And so he swore by himself. And the same as he is saying here to, uh, to the tribe of, of Judah in their disobedience and they're using this false proverb, uh, he swears by himself. He gives an oath that uh, swearing by his life, by himself, because he could swear by no greater. So he swears by his life, he swears by himself, that they should never be able to use this proverb in Israel. Again. They'll never have an occasion to use it. They'll not be able to use it in Israel 
again. Why? Well, because he's going to dismantle them. They're going to be taken away captive. The city is going to be burned. The temple is going to be destroyed. And they're going to know the Lord God did it. And they're going to know it was because of their sins that God has done this. This was a false belief. It's a false belief today, as we pointed out last week. It is a thought that it even pre, uh, prevails in our society today. And it is false in its uh, origin and false. Those that believe it are believing a false saying. It must be wiped out, the Lord is saying in essence. It must be done away with. I'm not going to tolerate this false saying among my people. He's not going to tolerate it. Now, there are two reasons that are given why they will never be able to use this proverb. And they are found in verse 4. Two reasons why they'll never be able to use this proverb again. He said, Behold, all souls are mine. As the soul of the Father, so also the soul of the Son is mine. <laughs> Every soul belongs to God. It's His. <laughs> Good God is the Creator. He is the creator not only of heaven and earth, but he's creator of all mankind. He's creator of everything in it. He is the creator and sustainer of every man. Every living soul he has created. And he's no respecter of persons either. Turn with me to the book of Deuteronomy. The book of Deuteronomy in chapter 10. Deuteronomy chapter 10 and verse 17. For the Lord your God is God of gods and Lord of lords, a great God, a mighty and a terrible, regardeth not persons, nor taketh reward 
He's, he's not a regarder of persons. His requirement is the same for every individual. In last week, we, the scripture we're trying to uh, look at and, and uh, couldn't bring up, but just quoting it, it was Acts 17, 30. But God now commandeth all men everywhere to repent. All men are commanded to repent. God is no respecter. He does not regard individuals in that sense. Turn with me Second Chronicles. The book of Second Chronicles in chapter 19 And look with me at verse 7. Wherefore, now let the fear of the Lord be upon you. Take heed and do it. For there is no iniquity with the Lord our God, nor respect of persons, nor taking of gifts. <laughs> There's no respect of persons. God can't be bought off. You know, men here on earth can be bought off. That is, you, you'll give them something and, and you'll get your way or you'll get, can get judgment withheld from you by what you can give them under the table. God won't be bought off. God can't be bought off. And he is no respecter of persons. Turn with me to another familiar passage in the New Testament. The book of Romans chapter 2. I was going to just refer to this, but we'll turn there and read it. Romans chapter 2 and verse 11, what, simply what it is, is the New Testament affirming what we just read in the Old Testament. Verse 11 of chapter 2 of Romans says, For there is no respect of persons with God. <laughs> you see, <laughs> we, might, we might favor one another. We might have respect of persons among ourselves but not so with God not so with God he is a just God a righteous God that's chapter 10 the book of Acts and chapter 10 and Verse 34, we read this. Then Peter opened his mouth and said, I just give you the background, if you don't remember the background, Cornelius was praying to God that God would send someone to show him more perfectly the way of the Lord. What it was is, is he wanted to 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 have a church. 
He wanted to, to the Holy Spirit come upon that group of believers, Gentile believers. And the Lord was going to send Peter. But Peter had to, to have an attitude adjustment. Peter, had, being a Jew, had to have a mind adjustment. And he had a dream. The Lord gave him a vision. And in this dream was all manner of four-footed beasts ascending and descending from heaven. And he told Peter to arise and eat. Peter said, Not so, Lord, for nothing that defiles has entered in to my mouth. God said, What I have cleansed call thou not common or unclean. And in verse 34, then, after Peter had these instructions, then Peter opened his mouth and said, of a truth, I perceive that God is no respecter of persons. <laughs> it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what nationality you are. It doesn't matter what tongue, what language you speak. God is no respecter of persons. All are condemned. And he will save. He will save the Gentile. Just as quick as he'll save the Jew. He'll save all who will believe in him, all who will trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. And so Peter was taught that. Every soul stands before him, will stand before him in judgment. Those who are in Christ will stand before him to be judged at the judgment seat of Christ. Not for sin committed. That has already been judged in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ on the cross of Calvary when he died for our sins. But turn with me to the first Corinthians chapter three. The book of 1 Corinthians, in chapter 3, and look with me here at verse 5, dealing with works. So, seeing as dealing with works, we automatically know it's not concerning salvation. Verse 5, who then is Paul? And who is Apollos? But ministers by whom ye believed, even as the Lord gave to every man. I have planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. So then, neither is he that planteth anything, neither he that watereth, but God that giveth the increase. Whether we plant or whether we water, it's God that gives the increase. When in our planting or in our watering, we're just doing what God has commanded us to do. We're serving Him. Now, he that planteth and he that watereth 
are one, and every man shall receive his own reward according to his own labor. His own reward <laughs> according to his own labor. So it's not talking about salvation. It's talking about rewards for our labor for Christ. Our labor for God. For we are laborers together with God. Ye are God's husbandry. Ye are God's building. According to the grace of God, which he, which is given unto me as, as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation, and another buildeth thereon. But let every man take heed how he buildeth thereon. For other foundation no man lay than that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now, if any man build upon this foundation, upon the foundation of Jesus Christ and the work that maybe others have done, build, uh, lay, uh, upon this foundation, gold, silver, precious stone, wood, hay, stubble, every man's work for the Lord shall be made manifest. Whether it was gold, precious stone, wood, hair, stubble, shall be made manifest, for the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire, and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. If any man's work abide with he hath built, then thereupon he shall receive a reward. If it abide, if it abide the fire, that is, it's gold, it's precious stone, it's going to endure the fire, it's going to endure the test, you see. If any man shall be burned, he shall suffer loss, wood, hay, or stubble. That's going to be burned up. In other words, the work that you did for the Lord was just wood, hay, and stubble. It wasn't work that was pleasing unto the Lord. It wasn't work according to His Word. He shall suffer loss, but He Himself shall be saved. You see, He's not going to lose His salvation. He's still, he's still going to be saved, yet so is by fire. He's going to be saved, but, but everything that he did was wood, hay, and stubble. It's burn up. He has nothing. No reward to receive of the Lord. That's it. The judgment seat of Christ. 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. In verse 9, Wherefore we labor, that whether present or absent, we may be accepted of him. For we must all appear, who's the all? 
He's not talking about a general appearing of the saved and the lost. He's talking about, he's talking to saved individuals. He's talking to saved church members, the church at Corinth. The saved must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ that everyone may receive the things done in his body according to that he hath done, whether it be good or whether it be bad, whether it be gold and precious stone or whether it be wood, hay, and stubble. You see, it's going to be put to the fire. And those who have done works that are of gold and precious stone are going to remain, they're going to receive a reward for that. But those who had nothing but wood, hay, and stubble, no reward. Salvation going to be in the presence of the Lord forever. But they're going to have no reward. And those rewards in eternity are going to be cast at the feet of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's see. Now, the unrepentant. There's a judgment for the unrepentant. There's a judgment for the unbelieving as well. There's a time separated by at least a thousand and seven year period of time when, when, when they're going to stand before the Lord in judgment as well. Turn me to the book of Revelation. Book of Revelation chapter 20. Read verses 4 and 5 first of all. Verse 4 is dealing with, with the saved. And I saw thrones, and they sat upon them, and judgment was given unto them. And I saw the souls of them that were beheaded for the witness of Jesus and for the word of God and which had not worshipped the beast, neither his image, neither had received his mark upon their foreheads or in their hands and they lived and reigned with Christ a thousand years you see he's talking about the saved the saved but now notice in like a parathetical statement here but the rest of the dead the rest of the dead the unsaved the unbelieving lived not again until the thousand years were finished. That's a parathetical statement. This is the first resurrection. Not what he said there in verse 5 previously, but what he said in verse 4 previously. This is the first resurrection. What those that are alive and, and rule and reign with him for a thousand years is the first resurrection. Now, moving on down to verse 11. You see, at the end of the thousand years, those 
that live and stand before the Lord in judgment. Verse 11, And I saw a great white throne, and him that sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heavens fled away. But this present earth and the, the heavens as we know it now, gone, fled away. And there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, <laughs> of great stature, kings, presidents, peons, poor people, nobodies, stand before God. And the books were opened, and another book opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it, and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in it, in them, and they were judged every man according to their works. Every unsaved individual those who died without Christ are judged at the great white throne judgment. Those who died in Christ are judged at the judgment seat of Christ. We read it to you in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 9 and 10. In 1 Corinthians chapter 3. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. You see, all those who died without Christ. They're judged. They're judged according to their works, and they're cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Every man... Secondly, every man is responsible for his own sin. Back to our text in Ezekiel. Ezekiel chapter 18. And look at verse 4. The last part of verse 4 say, says, uh, the soul that sinneth, it shall die. Look down at verse 20 in this same chapter. Verse 20. The soul that sinneth, it shall die. The son shall not bear the iniquity of the father, neither shall the father bear iniquity of the son the righteousness of the righteous shall be upon him and the wickedness of the wicked shall be upon him every man is responsible every man is accountable for his own sin 
whether he's wicked, whether he's righteous. Turn with me to the book of Galatians. The book of Galatians, chapter 3. And look with me at verse 10 here. Galatians 3, and verse 10. Reading through verse 13. For as many as there are works of the law are under the curse. Because that's what the law does. The law condemns you. Because you can't keep the law perfectly. You can't keep the law. So it condemns you. You're under the, the curse. For it is written, Cursed is everyone that continueth not in all things which are written in the books of the law to do them. But that no man is justified by the law in the sight of God, it is evident. For the just shall live by faith. The just are just by faith. And they live by faith. And the law is not a faith. But the man that doeth them shall live in them. The man that, that is trying to live according to the law, he, he's living in the, the law, and he's being condemned in the law. He's cursed. Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree. Now look at verse 22. Verse 22. But the scripture hath concluded all under sin, that the promise by faith of Jesus Christ might be given to them that believe. You see, we're all under sin. All are condemned. And the promise is to those that believe, to those that trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. So all are abiding under the penalty of death. Because that all are sinners. <laughs> Romans chapter 3. Go ahead and turn, turn there. I was, I was going to quote it, but yeah, go ahead and turn there. Romans chapter 3 and, and verse 10, because we're going to be in Romans, I think, for uh, the rest of this evening. Romans chapter 3 and verse 10. It is written. There is none righteous. No, not one. And so verse 23 of, of Romans chapter 3 says, For all have sinned. You come short of the glory of God. Turn with me to the fifth chapter. The fifth chapter. And look with me here at verse 12. Fifth chapter. Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, 
and death by sin. By one man, Adam. Sin entered into the world and death passed upon Adam. Because he sinned. He was a sinner. He disobeyed God. He disobeyed the commandment of God. Entered into the world. And death by sin. And so death passed upon all men. Why did death pass upon all of us? For that all have sinned. You see, by one man, sin, Adam, he was a sinner. And he is our father. We are Adam. All men are of Adam. And we do as our father did. We, we are born with the sin nature to sin. In fact, we love it. We love our sin. We don't mind being in darkness at all. Don't like the light. Read John chapter 3, verses 17 through 19. So, by one man sin entered into the world because we've all descended from Adam, from that man. And we're just like him. We're sinful, wicked creatures that we are. But, them that believe the promise the promise spoken of in Galatians 3. Those that believe the promise, the promise of God by Christ Jesus. Look at the, back to the third chapter of Romans. And jump down to verse 22 with me here. After stating all that he stated about how we're all sinners, there's none righteous, no, not one. Verse 22 says this. Even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ, unto all and upon all them that believe. For there's no difference. Doesn't, doesn't matter what nationality you are. Doesn't matter what tongue you are. They believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. His righteousness is imputed to you, is counted to you for the righteousness of God. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, being justified freely by His grace, being forgiven freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God has set forth to be a propitiation through faith in His blood to declare His righteousness for the remission of sins that are passed through the forgiveness of God. You see, through faith, through, through, through belief in the Lord Jesus Christ and faith in His shed blood, we're justified. We have the forgiveness of our sins. We have the righteousness of God 
accounted to us. Romans chapter 6 and verse, verse 23 says, For the wages of sin is death, and he that sinneth, the soul that sinneth, lived his whole life in sin and he dies in sin his condemnation is death not only a physical death but an eternal separation from God a spiritual death as well but but, don't you love the buts in the Bible? But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. One more verse in chapter 5. Chapter 5. We read to you verse 12. The told about us being just like our daddy Adam sinners we're all sinners by one man sin by Adam's but look at verse 15 but not as the offense how did the offense come by one man. So also is the free gift. <laughs> How's the free gift come? By one man. <laughs> you see, the offense came by one man, Adam. And we're all sinners. <laughs> but now, the free gift come by one man. For if through the offense of one many be dead much more the grace of God and the gift by grace which is by one man Jesus Christ hath abounded unto many not to all but unto many thank God that it is abounded unto me that I'm one of the many that he chose for it to bound, abound to. So, every man is accountable for his own works, for his own deeds, whether they be righteous or whether they be wicked. And we'll get into more of that next week.